Hello and welcome, fellow creatives. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging and inspiring you to keep creating. Thanks for joining us on this journey to explore all things creative. I'm Derek Wagner. And I'm Riley Peterson. And this is the Living Creativity Podcast. Hey everyone, thanks for hanging out with us today. We're super excited to introduce our next guest to you. We are joined by writer, poet, and content creator Emily Scott. Emily discusses her creative journey, how she got into writing, and more. It's a fun conversation that we found to be exciting and encouraging, so we hope you do too. Now let's get to the show. I guess, Emily, do you want to give a brief introduction about yourself or um, maybe tell us a little bit about who you are, what you're up to, maybe what your journey into creativity has been. And I guess we can just launch off from there. We'll interrupt you a whole bunch and ask you questions and all <laughs> that worry. fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Well, I'm Emily, also known as Emily is Odd on Instagram because I can't think of a better username that fits <laughs> as well. Uh, I have been a creative my entire life and some way or another, probably too many ways. And um, I am an outdoors woman. I am a mom. I am an hope to be author someday. And I, I'm a laugher. I just love laughing. Like I just I if I go through a day without laughing, it's a bad day. And so I feel like that's kind of a part of my it's part of my identity now. <laughs> or part of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I actually one of the first memories I have of meeting you back in college was of you laughing, like showing up and sitting oh, at a great. table with <laughs> with Dave Vincent and, you know, some other folks and, you know, just hearing your your laugh, it's so infectious. So, oh, that's it's it's yeah. such a positive thing and I'm I'm it's a great Thank personality you. trait. So, <laughs> <laughs> I used to hate it for the longest time. Oh, yeah. You know, when somebody makes a comment one time, you just, just sticks with oh, you for crushed. a long, long time. Yeah. yeah. But then, you know, when you say stuff like that or people say things that are positive, you're like, yeah, I'm going to let that go because it's just life is so much better when you can just let loose and not not care, basically. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, we're like we're all going into this like that age of life where it's like we're starting to not care what people think anymore yeah <laughs> yeah and li like life's too short life's too short not to ugly laugh yes yes <laughs> you must ugly laugh that's, that's such, a rule. A, such a good instagram <laughs> quote right there ugly if there's ugly <laughs> if there's ugly crying there has to be ugly laughing right yeah yes yeah. Those are yes. the best laughs too. Those are the ones that leave your like abs hurting and you're yeah. just like crying yeah. from till you're just wheezing laughing. yes yeah yeah, that's cool. So what was your first memory of like, uh, when you were growing up where you're like, wow, I, I, there's something different about me in terms of I'm creative, because you said it was in your entire life. So what was the first memory you have? Um, when I was in a diaper? No, no, not really. <laughs> oh, okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> not, no. It, cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I've ever felt really spectacularly different per se. But um, I think teachers have an incredible impact on people. And in the fourth grade, I had a teacher. Her, her name was Mrs. Werner. And do you remember, I don't know if you ever had those tests where you had to write a story and it was like ranked from like one to five on how it, you had to write like creative fiction or whatever. And you had a story prompt and they graded you based on like all the points or just how good of a story you wrote or whatever. Those things were my favorite because I always did the best on mm -hmm. those. But and I just enjoyed it. That's that's the reason I did it. But it really changed for me when she started reading my stories out loud to the whole class. Like she was really proud of wow. my writing. And she did that's that a cool. couple of different times. And that was the first time that I ever felt like, wow, like maybe I'm actually good at something. <laughs> because at that point I had never, you know, I had never had anything particularly pointed out about me that stood out and i think that was the first moment we're like oh hey maybe i'm kind of good at this and maybe this could go somewhere and that was the first time i had dreamed about 
being an author and, and writing cool. big stories and things like that. So that was probably, you know, that first moment in life that really impacted me. So yeah, teachers are fantastic and they, uh, they don't know how incredibly impactful they can be in a child's life. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. And it, it's interesting because my own like journey into writing, uh, it reminds me of, of mine because I would just, you know, write the way that I think I always just learned to write. Yeah. And it wasn't until I had other people in my life who read it that thought that they said to me, you know, Hey, that's pretty good. You're a pretty good writer or, you know, different things like that. And, uh, it was moments like that, that, that stuck with me too. And so it's interesting for me to see that comparison between the two of us where there's, it's almost like this thing that just was, but I didn't have a clue about it until someone outside of myself kind of pointed that out to me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's really awesome. So then after that, were you like consciously going forward thinking like, okay, like I want to be a writer. I'm going to keep writing stories or keep exploring my creativity in that way. I don't know if I thought about it in very much depth because I, I, I just really, I mean, you know, when you're in the fourth grade, you don't really, (laughs) I don't know, maybe you just, you, I didn't have that much foresight as a fourth grader, but Mm. I think it just instilled that little dream and goal inside of me that, that just made it more fun in general and fun, fun to write. And, um, you know, words of affirmation is my love language. So just having that, that word of affirmation was, it was fun for me. And I kind of, in some ways sought that out. I wanted to make my writing better so that people were excited to share it and read it. And so, yeah, it kind of grew and blossomed from there, I guess. Cool. So then is that when, when you went to college, is that what you were studying? Was that like journalism or? I really wanted to. And, you know, I guess if there's any regrets, any, I don't have a lot of regrets in life, but I wanted to go to university for creative writing. But I also wanted to go to NNU where I went to school. Mm -hmm. And the closest I could get to a creative writing program was journalism. But then they took the journalism program away. And so then I then I ended up being in um, mass communications, which was like broadcasting and, and uh, television and things like that. But then I realized, you know, this isn't really where I want to be like maybe script writing that would be pretty cool but maybe not quite for me so then I switched to communications which was um you know more along the the side of journalism but I always felt that creative writing wasn't a practical choice for university like I, <laughs> I was like oh my parents are going to be so disappointed if I don't choose something <laughs> that's kind of like you know because when your parents are helping out with college you're like oh I got to choose something that's going to be a little bit profitable for my future. So I think I was, I was practical in what I chose, but you know, I don't really have a lot of regrets about that because it still helped me a lot in, in so many ways. And, and I got to exercise my writing skills still a lot in that program. So maybe not what my dream choice of, uh, college studies would have been for lack mm-hmm. of a better word, but um, still incredibly beneficial. And, you know, I, I feel grateful that I got to even go and finish. So hugely grateful in that aspect. But um, yeah, sometimes I wish I could have had the freedom to just like go with my biggest dream, you know, go into a creative writing program. But I was also such a homebody. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to leave my little hometown yet because I was <laughs> I was kind of too scared to go off on my own at that point. but. Yeah, every step, every step of the way kind of helped impact who I am today. So yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I love the idea of, oh, I'm gonna go get a creative writing degree, but it almost feels to me like a luxury degree, if that right, makes sense. Right, like it's, it's, yeah. Because the fact is that, you know, if you even if you just look at writing exclusively, it's not easy to make money writing, right? So the idea that you're going to yeah. get a creative writing degree and then leave college, get a job that pays well and exercise that creativity in like a lucrative type of way, it's like, you know, good luck. So I think yeah. a lot of creatives who are looking to, you know, uh, further their education, they kind of have a bit of a crossroads there. It's like, 
Do you follow your passion or your interests, you know, where your kind of gut and yeah. heart's telling you to go, or do you make that practical choice? So it's interesting yeah. for me to just see how different people make that choice, you know, cause you hear those kind of stories about, oh, I just decided to go for it, you know, and I went to this, you know, <laughs> fine art school and, and honed my craft. Yeah. And then I did this big thing and it's like, yeah, that's great, but it's kind of few and far between as far as I can tell. Yeah. Well, and especially if you come from a first or second generation of people who actually went to university, you know, you're like, I got, I got to make, you don't come from a wealth mindset in the, in that stage of your life. You're like, I want to, I want to do something practical. That's going to make a living when I'm done. And, and, right. uh, yeah. I mean, and then you think about how even a lot of best-selling authors still have to have a side job. Like what? Yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's crazy. You know, when that fact alone has been one of the things that has pushed me kind of away from the traditional publishing uh, side yeah. of things, which I still respect any author that's, you know, wants it. And I totally understand it because I mean, even just, it's been more of a recent decision of mine to kind of not focus so much on that. But, you know, the idea that professionally published or traditionally published means, you know, you're getting your book out there, but you're still, you mm -hmm. know, like waiting tables or you're still, you know, driving a forklift or whatever it is that you're doing, you know, yeah, it's yeah. kind of, I blew my mind to find that out. And I think it just speaks to what we were just talking about the, the idea that you, it's really hard to monetize creativity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's incredibly evident in, in the writer's strikes and things like that is just our, our country especially doesn't value <laughs> that very much. And even though it's, it's used in some of the most money-making um, areas, sorry, this time of night, words are not going to come very freely. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing fine. <laughs> things. Lucrative. <laughs> yeah. Lucra it's extremely lucrative in the sense that it's making somebody money. It's just not making creatives money. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I yeah. feel like it's almost less of a values issue because I think people, largely speaking, do value creativity because right. they consume right. so yeah. much of it. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little bit more of like a hierarchical issue. You know, yeah. you've got a lot of structures and a lot of systems that are put in place, you know, particularly in a place like Hollywood, right? Where it's like, okay, we, we're, this is a big money-making machine and the, the people at the top are making the most money and they know how to monetize that the best. They yeah. know that, you know, Hey, we can, these writers just want to write. So let's just pay them as little as possible to write, get away with yeah. that. And then meanwhile, they can, you know, sell the product at, you know, essentially like a gouged price and turn, you know, millions of dollars. And those writers are like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah. Or let's just replace these writers with artificial intelligence now because right, yeah. that yeah. won't cost us anything. <laughs> we, we, we talked about that a few episodes ago. Derek is... Oh, I am so late yeah. to the game. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. So I'm going to have to jump out real I'm so quick, sorry. guys, All right. to go get no, Reagan. Okay, um, no problem. But, but feel free to continue chatting. Obviously, I'll be right back. All right, we'll be waiting for you, man. Uh, so yeah, he, we were chatting about AI in a couple episodes ago and oh my gosh it is, I, I need like, to I, I just outed myself oh no you're fine <laughs> it's totally fine but the the point was uh that like Derek kind of sees the the benefits of it he's like oh it helps with my writing process it helps you know me with come yeah. up with ideas and stuff yeah but then I was kind of countering with like well but then you're not you're almost like you could be short-circuiting your process Maybe that like you having to have a few weeks where you're like hitting a hitting a brick wall because you have to go around yeah. it and there's a That's different a good point. way of looking at it, you know. So, but then it's like, yeah. well, what if AI just helped me get there faster? And it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I hear that. You know, came to this, you know, I, I got to the, I was inspired no matter what, you know. And if it if I'm inspired, it doesn't really matter how I was inspired. And like, hmm. I don't know. So yeah, just really, it was it was really good. But we, yeah, we have different opinions about it. I, I'm personally with AI. I'm, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, I, I'm not, and I, I'll say it again. I think it has its place, you know, with, yeah, being like in terms of data. But once it's, it's been brought into the creative realm, and I'm like, I just, 
yeah, it's not human and it's you see the value in the human struggle, the, yeah. the struggle to get where we are. Yeah. Yeah. And the human. Yeah, part. I can see I can definitely see both sides of that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the human heart. Like it's it's the you you can literally when someone paints something and when someone writes something, when someone uh, creates a song, you just you see beyond and understand the human behind the sound or the words or the yeah. art or the picture. And with AI, there's, it's not, that's not there. For yeah. Me. So, and it's just taking what's already, what already is and just like, I'm going to take all this and just make something, you know, that's yeah. a conglomerate of all these ideas. And it, I don't know, it, I, I don't know how best to explain it, but I'm not a fan. So that, yeah, that's my, fair enough. That's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, we all have them. <laughs> yeah, we've all got these opinions. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a question for you, and actually, this comes from my wife. She wanted to ask you this question, or she wanted Sweet. me to ask. She wanted me to ask you this question. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever you're, because you're, you know, your Instagram handles Emily is on, right? And mm -hmm. she was asking, like, when you're creating content, do you create content in a way that you're thinking about what your audience is going to enjoy or what they're going to like? Or are you creating content to re that reflects your own interests and curiosities mm -hmm. or your own personality? It, was there a give and take there? And yeah. then, or do you let comments from your followers kind of influence? comments from your followers influence your new content? That's an excellent question. So yeah, yeah shout out great. to Jennifer there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jennifer. Yes. Um, I think it's a little bit of both because okay. I have done both. <laughs> I'm trying to think how long I've had my Instagram account. I, I believe I started it shortly after I had my youngest. So about... Okay. Three and a half years ago or three years ago, I started it and it's been it's been through a lot in terms of uh, the kind of content I posted. And I found out that when I posted too much of what I thought people wanted, I got burnt out very quickly Oh, because interesting. I was like, this is taking so much mental and emotional and even physical energy from me that I was like, I just can't keep this up all the time. Yeah. Um, but then again, on the other side, when I just posted everything about myself, I'm like, well, this feels a little self-centered, but it's kind of all over the place because I have so many different interests. Like it was just like one, you know, one month it'd be about gardening because I was, I just really like gardening. And then another right. month it'd be solely about writing. And then another month it'd be this. And so it had no co cohesive his cohesiveness to it. No and theme. And so it. Yeah. And so yeah. it was definitely a little bit of both where mm -hmm. um, I'm tr I, I try to stay true to myself. But then I also I visualize somebody when I'm creating content, I, I try to picture the person that I'm creating for. Oh, okay. And um, I think, oh, well, this would be helpful, mostly from the sense that it's helpful, helpful for me, things that I've learned from myself, or I think is funny. I'm like, yeah. this person would probably think that was helpful too, or that they would think it was funny too, because obviously, because I think it's funny, like everybody is. No, <laughs> not at all. But I think there's definitely a little bit of both where I, I create from my own, my own standpoint, but then I, I try to create in a way that helps the person I'm visualizing in my head. And so it's a little bit of a balance there. Is it the same person that you visualize in your head or is it a different person? I would say it wasn't, it wasn't always the same person. And, uh -huh. um, as of like the last couple of months, it's been the same person. And I've noticed a lot more growth in my account since I've kept it the same person. Huh? Be because when people just stop by my account, they can see what to expect when they look at my page. They, they know that my content is going to be, um, it's going to meet their expectations in a, in a certain way. And, and the, the aspect of trust is built with your audience better that way. Wow. So, um, and that's hard for me because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I personally change, at least in my mind, I change all the time. And what mm -hmm. I like mostly like who I am as a person is the same, but I just have so many interests that are changing all the time that it can be really hard for me to, 
do something consistently, which also, you know, that plays a part in my creativity as well. So, um, but it definitely pays off in the long run if I can keep myself consistent with who I'm talking to. Oh man, yes, that's, uh, yeah, we've talked about that too. But yeah, that's that's one of the traits that I am trying to build in myself personally is consistency because, yeah, man, it has benefited me in what little, in what I have chosen to do consistently has been made leaps and bounds of trust and just mm-hmm. growth mm-hmm. in myself. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, I can see that. I can see how that would be beneficial to you, you know, doing your, your Instagram and having these followers are like, okay, I know what to expect or, yeah. you know, your content's coming out at, at a on consistent at consistent times even you know that's that's really helpful that's something that we were trying we've been making that attempt and i feel like Mm -hmm. we're doing pretty well we always come out with a new episode every wednesday every wednesday morning so that's something that's really important to us and derek that's actually something derek told me was like we have to be consistent so that people know that yeah like they can almost like that there's that trust there we're gonna have a new episode out every wednesday so it's yeah it's cool so I just wanted to share those points. Yeah, I really appreciate answering yeah. the, my question or my wife's question, I should say. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Are you back, Derek? I'm back. Baby for now is asleep. I call him baby, but he's like 15 months old, so he's past. Yeah, he's, baby, he's right? toddler. <laughs> my baby, my baby is three and a half, and I still call her the baby. So you know that yeah. that'll never end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got I a four and a half year old baby still. So yeah. 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 How many kids do you awesome. have? Two. Two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're not not quite there yet. Not quite as seasoned as Derek. No. Oh no, no. no that's yeah. not, nothing. There's no competition. We're, we're the th- we're the three club. <laughs> we're in the three club. We got three kids. So. Oh yeah. yeah. Great. Okay. And I told yeah. him like, man, I am three's... surrounded by elders. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I remember geez. like after we started having kids, you know, I obviously knew you had kids. And so I'm messaging you on Instagram being like, you know, Hey, uh, <laughs> got any advice here? <laughs> so, <laughs> My advice can be terrible. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it wasn't at all. Awesome. You're always encouraging. Oh, You're always encouraging. So no worries at all with that. Um, I'm like, yeah, play heavy metal for your baby. They'll love it. My, <laughs> my, my kids are a fan. My kids are a fan. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, great. I'm glad that advice paid off. Yes. That's yes. hilarious. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I didn't know if there was anywhere else where you were in particular really wanting to go with that, uh, with the conversation. But when I left, we were talking about AI, I think you had mentioned you yeah. know, the, the, yeah. with the writer's strike and everything, which yeah. I think. I guess I wanted to circle back to that because it is a point that we didn't really cover when we discussed it between the two of us on our last couple of episodes that we'd done where, you know, cause we, we, we essentially spent a lot of time just talking about how you might use creativity as, or use. Yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> how you might use AI as a creative in your work. Right. And, um, kind of gave some examples of what that might look like. But I think a distinction, at least for me, that I would want to, I guess, just make is that I think anytime you're looking to like replace a human creatively, I think that's like a big critical error. You know, you mm-hmm. can't, yeah. can't do that because it is something that I think we've explored a little bit on the podcast, but there's something about humanity and something about creative people that is so uniquely human and that can't be replicated as far as I can tell, and that can't be just replaced. And so I think it would be a disaster creatively to, to do that. You know, imagine watching uh, TV shows that are entirely AI made, like AI actors, AI everything. That would be such a bad show. Even if it was technically good, I think it would be bad strictly because, you know, AI wouldn't have that human capability that, that you know, when when I'm talking to to people who are just in love with their creativity, like you can see it on their face and the way that they talk about what they're up to and, and they just enliven and they, you know, there's a sparkle yeah. in their eye and, you know, you'll never get there. I don't think with something like artificial intelligence. So, um, yeah. I don't know. It's just an interesting point that, that when, when you brought up, you know, everything that's going on in Hollywood with the writer strikes, yeah, that's obviously a really big issue right now. And I, I hope that, 
the the profit driven stuff doesn't win out over you know authentic creativity. Welcome to cre- <laughs> welcome to AI part three. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna close that up and we're gonna leave it there. Sorry, I just wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, excellent point. <laughs> yeah, it's just it, it, the whole thing's interesting to me. But that being said, we'll leave it there. Um, yeah, so. I think I walked back into the conversation before I diverted us backwards, uh, talking about the content you've been creating on Instagram primarily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just talking about the balance between, um, making content. I'm rephrasing, making content kind of for yourself or making content for your audience. Right. Right. Is that what you're asking? Correct. Yeah. And just finding the balance of that. And, uh, I mean, social media, it's such an animal Mm. and it's like i don't know i mean we all need human connection we all want to be seen in some way and i think that's that expands all creatives we want to be seen and heard in some way and we want to relate to other people in some way and i don't think social media is any different in that sense we want to be we want to be seen we want to be laughed at we want to be laughed we want somebody to laugh with us we want somebody to give us praise and encourage us. We want to find people that are like us. And so I think there's just, there's so many different facets of why people create content and why I personally create content for social media. So. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, So what the content creation thing to me is like, it seems like, like you mentioned, it's an animal, right? And I prefer beast because it's scary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I've, I've, you know, I have a, an Instagram account for my uh, writing, which I think I've yeah. posted like less than 20 posts and I have literally no idea I would actually to do with it. And so don't worry, I'm not coming to you for, for advice or anything, but I guess like <laughs> what, like when, when you got into doing it, like what was your goal? Like what was your your desire for it? Because obviously, you know, anyone who looks at your account, you know, in your bio, you've got, you know, that you're a, a fantasy nerd and and all that stuff in there. So like, was it just to have an outlet for that kind of stuff? I think yes, because for one thing, I, when I became a mom, I just, I had never experienced the level of loneliness that I had at that point where I just did not feel connected. I felt very isolated from the adult world, especially. And um, I knew that I was like, oh, you know, because I had been on social media just on a personal level, but I was like, you know, there's probably other people out there that have the same nerdy interests as me. And, um, but you know, to be completely honest, my initial thought was, well, I'm writing a book. I'm going to need an audience for this book. (laughs) So so it started, it started out as a poetry page, actually. I'm just kind of backtracking here. It started out as a poetry page because I was like, I need an outlet for my creativity that isn't going to take a lot of time because I have an infant and I don't have a lot of time. So, you know, poetry, I can write poems pretty quickly. So I was like, I'm going to start a poetry page. That would be a great creative outlet. And then I was like, yeah, poetry's cool, but I, I really miss sharing my humor with people. You know, Derek, you know the conversations we had around <laughs> our lunch table in college and just how hilarious they were. And like you said, our your belly hurts afterwards and you just feel so good after having such a good laugh. Mm. And it's like, I want that feeling back again. And so I was like, I'm going to start making some humorous videos in, relations to, in relation to Lord of the Rings and, and writing and stuff like that. And from there, it just kind of like people thought it was funny, which somehow I guess I just didn't expect. I thought it would appeal to like a, a small number of people, but then it ended up appealing to more. I was like, okay, maybe I'll continue with this. <laughs> and yeah. then it just it just kind of changed and evolved from there. That's really cool. It, it's interesting the element of exploration that kind of existed and that you're open to that, you know, kind of feeling around and seeing like, you know, hey, like where do my interests align with, you know, all these other folks, like you said, you know, and using that as an a way to connect. I think that's that's really cool, you know, because it's it what you're then what I think you're doing is creating less of like, you know, maybe fans or followers, something like that, and more of an mm-hmm. actual community. Right. Yeah. And 
we were talking about all the all the changes that happen when you're making content if you're not focused on an audience. I've had people that have been with me since the early poetry days when I first started and that were some of my first followers and they're still mm-hmm. with me today because they've gotten to know me as a person and I've gotten to know them and it's become these friendships that they are there for all the changes and they're like, yeah, like they're just people that are rooting for you and you're rooting for them and it, like yeah, I could be a poetry page one day and a humor page the next. And they'd be like, you go, girl. Like, <laughs> they're, just, they're just here. They're here for you. And I love that. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, it definitely sounds like you've created a community. And uh, that's something that I know that's been on Derek's heart, too, has been, has been yeah. since starting this podcast, has been having a community and being able to, you know, have an outlet for people to know and one gain knowledge and understanding and also to know like hey is someone out else out there struggles with the same struggles like there's you're not alone yeah. essentially and so that's it's cool. yeah that's really mm-hmm. neat so i had a question for you emily i think it's uh become obvious and kind of the way that you've talked about it a couple of times already but you have like a whole smorgasbord of interests Right. And uh, how do you like, I guess, in your pursuit of all these many interests, like how do you, I guess, narrow it down to to the thing or things that you're actually actively pursuing at a given time? Or, you know, do you just kind of like go where the interests go and see what happens? Like what I, I, I think earlier you mentioned balance. And so I suspect there's some of that that goes along here, too. But I guess talk to us a little bit about what you know, your experience has been and, and how you navigate that. Cause I think creative mm-hmm. people often find themselves, you know, being like, okay, I could do a lot, but how do I narrow that? Yeah. Oh, that, that's such a tough question because that, that's been an ever present battle in my life where it, mm-hmm. it can be kind of scary at times to dive into something. And there can be a level of fear of commitment there because you're like, what if I'm not actually interested like what if i'm not actually passionate about this like is Mm. this something that i'm going to do for two weeks and then i'm just going to get bored with it and i'm going to quit and then you worry about disappointing yourself and disappointing the people that are around you and oh man it's it's something that you have to partner with rather than be afraid of as much because Um, as much as it's a struggle, it's also there to enrich my life and to enrich my creativity. Um, because, you know, even as much as I have all these interests, they have enriched my life in such a way that like it adds flavor and it adds color to my Mm -hmm. creativity. And I, I focus on the things that consistently never go away. Like my, my love for writing has not gone away, gone away. And it started for it started years and years ago. And then that desire just never goes away. Even when I leave it for months on end, it's still in the back of my mind. Like I just, I really have to get back to like, it has to force its way out of me, you know, Mm -hmm. like it almost, you almost have to do it or you just feel kind of incomplete in a way. And so, whereas with other interests that I have that they don't have that same kind of lasting effect, I, I enjoy them still, but, um, they're there and I enjoy them and they're free to come and go as they please, which sounds, that sounds so new agey when I say it out loud. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Let it flow from you. you Let have it to do come that all This is yeah. not like a seance or anything. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it is kind forth. of like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Woo! Floating head. Gardening. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Fencing, yeah. You know. That's, I like your perspective on it though, Emily, because <laughs> the idea that you're like partnering with that thing that's in yourself that's like, you know, I mean, I, I I've followed your page for a while too, and I've I've kind of seen your interests, you know, kind of go this way and that way and everything. And you've ridden the roller coaster. <laughs> I've 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 been a part of the ride and it's been a good one. And it's fun. You know, it's it's cool to see the different ways i guess that your creativity is is taking you and um i think that it you can view it negatively and just say it's like oh it's a weakness because i just can't stick with something or these things are gonna like take me away from the other things i actually care about or something 
but yeah. like it's such a perspective change for me to to hear you talk about it like that the idea that you're partnering with this aspect of yourself and you know like you have like your main thing but these other things are enriching your life and they're i don't know that's that's just such a unique perspective like i don't know i've never heard someone talk about it like that so i think that's really valuable yeah <laughs> Thank the, you. Other, Thank the you. other part too is you're you're not giving into that fear and you're so you, therefore you're not afraid to explore yeah you're like you're not af- afraid to, to actually be like okay i want to i'm going to let it happen I'm, and i'm going to be open-handed about it right i'm not going to grip it Creative tight sojourner <laughs> yeah, yeah right well, that's one of was one of my you know favorite you know t- being able to walk into a situation or have this you know oh my gosh i have this passion or interest and but do it open-handedly so that even if it's you know, it can come and go, so to speak. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's cool. That that is really neat perspective that you shared, and well, helps me as, um, my, as well. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're good. I was going to say, as one of my favorite authors said, "Not all who wander are lost." <laughs> oh, there you go. Yes. <laughs> Tossing a little token for the yeah, for the fans. I have to. I have to. I can't listen. Help if if your followers is listening to this podcast at all, and you're not dropping some like Tolkien in there, then I don't know if they're going <laughs> to yeah. be very happy with you. I'm like, <laughs> no, they're, they're going to be real upset. <laughs> yeah. You're like, wait a yeah. minute. We listen to these guys talking to about it. this crap for nothing. Like, what the heck? What a fraud! <laughs> a fraud. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Four hours. Four hours. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. We're the Tolkler, the Tolkienites. It's like a religion. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> no. Verging yeah. cults, but we're not going to talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, cults. <laughs> hey, listen, there's a there's a part of that fandom that can be very cult like if you're oh, not careful. <laughs> I, okay. I will fully admit that is 100 percent true. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, but be free to wander. Yeah, it's good. Be free to wander. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. And you've got to be able to have, feel safe enough to do that. Because if, yeah. you're, if you're not in an environment where you're like, feel safe enough to be able to venture out and explore and take risks and do those things. Yeah. That's so that's good. That's a, that's awesome. Well, yeah. And I realized that I don't have to go full throttle and post about mm. every little side trail that I'm taking, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right. yeah, like, I don't have to make it a full personality trait just because I really like something, you know, I can be, I can post all about writing and still have like huge passions on the site. Like my kids are my passion, gardening. I love to garden. Um, I was really into fencing for a little while. And I like, you know, you don't have to, there's some things that you can keep sacred to yourself and just let it better you and not be afraid that it like, you have to make it your thing, you know? Mm. So then it, it takes away some of the fear of exploring that because you know that you're not you're not just trying to push it in everybody's faces per se and say like, this is my new life goal and things like that. So, yeah, this is my new lifestyle. Check it I out. Mean, and who, yeah. who, I mean, I don't think I know anybody that is all one thing anyway. Like right. we all have so many different interests. I think that those kind of like one interest or one thing type people are maybe the people who haven't like embraced their creative side or haven't. Yes. I haven't yeah. explored it, you know, because I think that like, I mean, we talk about it all the time on this podcast of like being a creative or whatever, as if it's like an exclusive club. But mm-hmm. I mean, one of the last uh, episodes that we did was just talking about like being an everyday creative, which I think, I think an everyday, an everyday creative is someone, you know, not unlike yourself, who's just like, you're a mom, you've got all your interests, you know, you're a wife and uh, you love reading, you love writing, and you're just finding ways to indulge your creativity in a way that's enriching you. And I think that yeah. anyone can do that. You know, this yeah. the the everyday creative, I think, is probably the dominant type of creative in the world because, yeah. like we've already established, it's really hard to monetize creativity to do it professionally yeah. and earn a living off of yeah. it. Yeah. So, like most people that are utilizing creativity, I think they're just living their lives and doing it not always necessarily been realizing that like they're a creative, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I just, I think that's something 
I don't know if there's a listener out there who's like, I really love creativity, but I don't know how to engage with it. You know, it's like, you probably already are, you know, or maybe don't be afraid to explore creativity and whatever interests you might have, you know? Yeah. Well, and then like, I don't know if Derek, you mentioned this before, but creativity sometimes is a privilege. Well, well, like when you're talking about, or a luxury Mm. to a lot of us, whereas like, I don't, it can feel like, oh, I don't have the luxury of being creative because my life is focused on survival. And it's so hard Mm. to, it's hard to be creative when you're in survival mode um, in any shape or form, whether it's like mental and emotional or financial or whatever. It's, it can be hard to be creative in those moments because creativity is such a physical thing. And I think we forget how physical it really is and how much energy it requires in that aspect. And then if you're spending it, that energy on essential things, like, yeah, it can feel kind of like a luxury. So finding those, those little ways in life for people where they can, um, feel safe enough to engage in creativity and feel like they have the, the ability and luxury to do so. Yeah, that's a good point. It's something that Derek was touching on a while ago was the the fact that how creativity is actually part of it's right up there near survival for him. Mm. Like he has to mm. be able to interact with it because mm-hmm. if he doesn't, then he's and this is the same for me, but I'm just kind of going off of what he was saying. He he essentially feels like a shell of himself. Oh, would you, yeah. Would you just absolutely. would you say that's pretty close to what you're sharing before? A hundred percent. Yeah. When I go too long without being able to engage with my creativity, I definitely my depression is so much worse. <laughs> right. And, then, <laughs> and my family knows. They're like, well, "Are you okay?" And like, I, I, I'm not as nice of a person as I try to be, but like, it, I get burnt out and yeah. Um, when I have enough, like when I have time interspersed in my life to be creative, I am so much happier. Yeah. yeah. And I just realized it's because like, it's, I mean, it's a need, it's a need that I have. Yeah. Right. So because yeah, I, w- you, I would agree a hundred percent. Right. Because you can survive, you know, yeah. you eat food and you sleep, you know, you can do those things you yeah. drink, you drink water, whatever. But like once you've, once you've caught on to the fact that, Hey, actually my engaging with creativity is actually one of my top needs. Then you can prioritize it and make room for it. Yeah. And all of a sudden you can have a very fulfilling life. Yeah. And that's, so that's one of the things that we are hoping that we can bring to other Mm. people who don't, maybe don't know they're creative or don't realize they're creative and just be like, Hey, this, you can have a very enriching, fulfilling life. If you, that's great. Yeah, if you're able to tap into that. So, yeah, yeah that's awesome. We're, we're glad that you've discovered that about yourself and that you know that it's something that really fulfills you and pushes you forward. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's awesome. Thank you. It's interesting. I, I've thought of the, the people, you know, I, I feel like we're spending a little bit of time here maybe talking to some listeners about, you know, finding out maybe even if they are a creative person. Because I, so I, I watch American Idol with my wife, <laughs> and one of the things that has been interesting to me is seeing like some of the singers that show up that have like never sang before until like a very recent time in their life, and then they're like, I guess I'm gonna go on American Idol and try it out, you know? And it's like, okay, and they're really great, <laughs> and it's like they only recently discovered this creative side of themselves, uh, you know, that they have this particular talent or whatever, and so it you know, this conversation that we were just having kind of spurred me into thinking, you know, like there could be people listening that are like that. They have a creative side, you know, that they're maybe just unaware of, or, you know, maybe they've felt that need that you were describing Emily or that I've talked about before where it's like, Hey, I just, I, my life feels a little unsatisfying or a little unfulfilled. And is there, what can I add to my life? That's going to add value. That's going to lift me up. You know, that's going to make me feel maybe a little bit more like I feel like I'm supposed to feel. And um, I don't know, I I, I just, I guess, thinking about those folks, if they happen to be listening, you know, it's like, what, I guess, what would you, how how would you encourage them to, I don't know, start exploring creativity? You know, like what, what advice could you offer someone like that? 
Oh man, that's, that's kind of hard because creativity comes so naturally for me that I don't even really have to think about it. But Mm. I think a good thing to do is to look at children. (laughs) Mm. Children are so naturally creative yeah, and they don't have the stigma that adults have where they're not, they're not thinking about what people are going to think or whether it's good or not. They just are. So watching children, how they play, how they interact with their world can be a huge way to learn so much about creativity and just at least the tactile part of creativity, like playing in the mud. I'm not saying go jump in a mud puddle. Maybe do. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, maybe that's, why not? Hey, that you know? you. Go we are, yeah. You're, yeah, you're but, endorsing this. Yes, we yeah. endorse puddle jumping. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not if you're in the books of Narnia, but. No, um, fair enough. Yeah. Good good point. Good point. Yeah. Was that too niche? I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I think watching children, because I mean, I watch my children and man, they just, they blow my mind sometimes with the things they come up with and the things they say. And sometimes it can be really hard not to interfere because we've learned so much as adults of like, you should color within the lines and you should do this. And so sometimes it's hard not to interfere with their creative process. Right. Um, But you learn so much from them and how they scribble and look at life that just spend some time with some kids, you know, of course, with permission, because you don't want to like show up to like a playground. <laughs> like, hey, can I watch you play? <laughs> oh, Maybe yeah. don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. We don't endorse that. Riley's our floating head that always yeah. tells us whether or not we endorse something. Hey guys, that's, that's, yeah, we can't do that. We can't do that. I'm like the floating head lawyer. Yes, you, please. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hide your kids. Hide your kids. <laughs> Hide your kids. Hide your wife. (laughs) (laughs) The creative's going to be everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, your own kids, your nieces and nephews, you know, your friends, kids, whatever. Just watch them for a little bit. See how they see how they do it. And, you know, maybe go from there. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's so creativity starts out as this physical process of interacting with the world. Like go outside again, like jump in a mud puddle, like grab some dirt, throw (laughs) throw it at the fence. Yeah. Like, I don't don't know. Um, I think start there and, and just let it kind of bloom wherever it wants to and release, release the pressure from yourself that creativity has to look in certain look a certain way or sound a certain way or whatever kind of creativity you want to get into. But um, yeah, or take what you already enjoy doing and put a little flavor and a little spice, put a little spice to it that you never put on there before. Like if you like bread making, like do a flavor in there you've never put in before and just experiment. Yeah. And I would, I would add to that experimentation process. Like don't be afraid to fail. Yeah, right. it's okay. Especially because it's like yes. most of the times, like the creative stuff that we're engaging in is pretty low stakes. You know, it's like, yeah, like, oh, you want to write a short story? Write it. So what if it sucks? You know, yeah. like you tried it and that's awesome. You know, you want to like make that bread that's got some weird ingredient in it. Like who cares if it sucks? You can literally just throw it away and try again later. Like, <laughs> and that is such, Derek, that is such a painful thing for some people to hear. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about their favorite thing, like writing, for example, failure is so hard. And that has been one of my biggest struggles with writing because I'm like, no, I can't fail at this because it's my, Mm -hmm. like, this is my baby, like not my literal baby because I have babies, but like, this is my baby. It has to be perfect. And so making failure, my friend was Mm. still, I'm still in that process. I haven't gotten over that yet. But that's been the biggest hurdle that I've had to deal with. So, so what has that hurdle writing. been like for you with with the fear of failure? Like, has it? How has that manifested in your creative process? Mm. Yeah, I think I may actually made a video about this recently, where I was like, 
I can write a thousand words oh, and yes. because it's imperfect, like I just erase all of it and then no. I've gotten nowhere. I know it's painful <laughs> to hear, but I, I'll just erase it because I'm like, this is junk. Like <laughs> I don't hate, it, I hate don't this. Do it. <laughs> don't do it. Put and some I, distance know, between it and yourself, know. you know? And but I, it's such a relatable I experience. I think I think that's like one of the the memeiest memes I've ever seen regarding writing on the internet is like <laughs> writing a bunch and then just one click delete, you uh, know, like goodbye. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, got that out of my system. See ya. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So one of the one of the things that a couple of things that we've talked about when it comes to like looking at failure and kind of flipping it on its head essentially, but uh is one of the thoughts that came into my head was failure is failure once you give up. So if you yeah. mess up on something yeah. or like, oh, that's not right. Or it's not quite right. That's not a fail. Yeah. That's something that you have to walk through in order to get mm -hmm. to the next step, which could be then the breakthrough or could be then the thing that's going to ultimately click in place, yeah. like that puzzle piece that's going to click into place. And yeah. yeah, it's trying to trying to manage that relationship with failure and seeing it as uh, as a not failure, I guess. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, there's there's more to that, but I'm I'm struggling to recall it all. Yeah, we get it. We get it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. It, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. No words. It's, so, it's such yeah. an interesting thing to me that so many. Uh, that so many people struggle with being afraid mm -hmm. of failing, you know? Yep. Um, like, I, I guess I just start to wonder, like, what are we so afraid of? You know, could I ask yeah. you that question? What are you afraid of if you write a thousand words that suck? Everything. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> no, no. Well, part of the problem is so many times we see people's end product. We yeah. don't get a chance. We don't get a chance to see their first draft, oh, yeah. oh, my gosh. you know? Mm -hmm. And, so that's why I mean, that's why having a community of people around you is so important because we all like we're not afraid to share our drafts with each other and know that, yeah, we are all trudging through the same thing and we all have our first draft. And somebody said one time, 10 years are going to pass and it might it might take you 10 years to get or longer to get where you want to be. But those 10 years are going to pass anyway. So you might as well keep failing and keep failing until you finally like something like you're growing and you're getting to the point where you want to be. And, um, if it takes longer, it takes longer, but it's better to get 10 years down the road and be like, well, crap, I didn't do anything because I just was so afraid of failing that I never tried. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the living creativity podcast. We hope you found value in today's discussion and are feeling inspired to live out your creative life. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links to any resources we may have mentioned and to join our Discord community where you can connect with other creatives. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any ideas or feedback you'd like to leave us, you can drop it in the appropriate channel on the Discord server or you can send us an email at livingcreativitypodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, the best way to do so is by leaving a rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. Thanks again, and as always, keep creating. Keep creating.